When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry, I didn't see you there. This is an audio medium. If you grew up with Disney Channel shows, DCOMs, and music, the Time Machine is ready for you to take a trip back to those golden days. Quick, before the time reaches 8-7 Central. What is up, time travelers? Welcome back to the Time Machine podcast with me, Becca Stogner. And me. Hunter Martin. Ooh, I'm a tired. <laughs> You're tired. I just had bad insomnia mm. recently. Clap if you've ever had insomnia. <laughs> Have you not tried a sleepy girl mocktail? A what? They're like all over TikTok of girls making themselves like cherry juice. Cherry juice to, to fall asleep. Tart cherry juice. Cherry juice? Yes, sir. I'm not make. I'm not... I I need to get more melatonin, to be honest. Well, I'm wide awake because... Well, not really, but... Moana 2, did you you see that news? Pardon? Moana 2 has just been announced. I thought thought they were working on a live-action Moana. Are they doing both? They're doing both. Oh, my God. So... (laughs) Moana live action is supposed to premiere in 2025, and Moana 2 is coming out this November. Are you kidding? No. Thanksgiving? Literally again. (laughs) Thanksgiving? They just released the the teaser trailer. Like, they (sighs) kept that under wraps. They did. Honestly, good for them. (laughs) Dwayne said, listen, I can't get enough of this guy. I can't get enough of, um, what can I say? You're welcome. You're welcome. That's crazy. Because I, I, I was like, I like read the article two times. Because I was like, wait, this Thanksgiving? You don't mean Thanksgiving 2028? <laughs> Will you be seeing Moana 2 coming this Thanksgiving? <laughs> I don't know, man. You don't know. I don't know. Okay. You just Let's sprung this on me. You expect I me know. to make a well, decision right now? I was just, you know, doing my daily scroll on the interwebs, and I saw that. Well, speaking of daily scroll, um, we've been doing a lot of daily scrolling and seeing the Disney stars all over our feeds. We have so much 411 this week. We have so much 411 this week, so let's get into it. All right, first story is a little bit about Austin Butler and Vanessa Hudgens. So Austin Butler is clarifying why he referred to ex-girlfriend Vanessa Hudgens as simply a friend after fan outrage over the moment. Um, In a new Esquire interview, the Dune Part 2 actor explained why in a previous interview, when he told a story about Hudgens, he didn't name her, instead calling her a friend. He said, oh yeah, I learned a lesson with that one. I felt that I was respecting her privacy in a way and not wanting to bring up a ton of things that would cause her to have to talk, said Butler. Um, I have so much love and care for her. It was in no way trying to erase anything. I value my own privacy so much. I didn't want to give up anybody else's privacy. So there you go. Wild. Did not expect their names to show up in a story together. Again? Yeah. Well, brave for the interviewer to ask. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess like at the time... People were like, uh, she's been way more famous than... Like, I think it's the fact that everyone knew who he was talking about. So it's kind of like, we know who you're talking about. Yeah. Why try to cover it up, you know? Uh, since we have no other thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of Austin Butler. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, uh, Brenda Song is going to be at the top of your mind come this... Uh, year because she is booked and busy we got two brenda song projects in the works yeah so here we go the first is a film 
with Pamela Anderson, Jamie Lee Cur- Curtis, Dave Bautista, Kierna Shipka, and Billy Lord are starring in The Last Showgirl. Um, it's about, the film follows a seasoned showgirl who must plan for her future when her show abruptly closes after a 30-year run. As a dancer in her 50s, she struggles with what to do next. As a mother, she strives to repair a strained relationship with her daughter, who often took a backseat to her showgirl family. And she just got cast in a new Mindy Kaling uh, workplace comedy. The actress has joined the cast of the currently untitled workplace series starring Kate Hudson, who also serves as an executive producer. Song will play Allie, chief of staff of the fictional Los Angeles Waves basketball team, who's known um, Kate Hudson's character since they shared a dorm in college and knows where the bodies are buried. So we have a lot of Brenda Song to look forward to. It's the song, the song of songs. The Song of Silence. Can we talk about for a second the cast for that film? Yeah. That is a stellar cast. Are you kidding? That That's like all cast. my favorite people. Even Pamela Anderson. Well, that's a fun choice. But like, I Dave love ba- David. I love Dave Batista. I love really? Dave Batista. Yes. He's well, so he's so much fun. I, I just think he's like a cool guy. And I really like seeing him and stuff. I'm excited for the Mindy Kaling project because it also stars someone from the other two which was a show that i enjoyed um it doesn't oh okay yeah yeah have you seen that show no but i i am aware of it it's not lost on me that we did a um six degrees of jlc to brenda song last year and here they are ago. working together and here they are again so the power of six degrees of JLC. the power of six degrees of jlc Good for Brenda Song. I, I think know. everyone wants more Brenda Song in their life. Everyone loves to see Brenda Song up. I think, because like, she went viral when she showed up at Macaulay Culkin's um, Walk of Fame. Yeah. You know? uh, so, more Brenda Song. Give us more Brenda Song, you know? Our next story is, we always have to have a Tish Cyrus story. You know, every time, every, every year, year, we always have so here we go. Tish Cyrus is getting vulnerable. During her 30-year marriage to ex-husband Billy Ray Cyrus, both she and Billy Ray filed for divorce on separate occasions uh, over a decade before their official split in 2022. Now Tish is sharing how it was the initial years of the COVID-19 pandemic during which her husband went to Tennessee and Tish was alone in their California home for two years and finally gave her the strength to leave her marriage. Um, so her and Brandy, who have a podcast together um we're on call her daddy and they talked all things miley disney billy ray yada yada yada. um and i'll go into what kind of they said but this is kind of what the article is pointing out she says during that period i took a really good hard look at life my life and like what i was going to do because i had not been in a good place for a long time and i think i did stay so long out of fear of being alone like i had met him when i was 23 24 um she divorced billy and lost her mom uh the same year so like she said her worst fears were being alone like getting divorced and um losing her mom and they happened the same year um so some fun facts not fun facts but anecdotes um nothing was like oh my gosh breaking news about Anything they they went on? They just talked about when Hannah Montana popped off. Like, what do you you like? You sent me something that said that Tish addressed Billy Ray Cyrus's claim that Hannah Montana ruined their family. So what did she say about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So back when, like, Hannah Montana was, I think, like, just ended. I think this was, like, during Wrecking Ball and all that. Billy Ray Cyrus did an interview and said Hannah Montana destroyed my family. And so... The girl who did call her daddy brought that up, and they're like, "Do you do you guys think it destroyed, um, the family?" And they're like, "Uh, no, our <laughs> family's our family's good." And Tish said he was going through it when he put out that statement. Um, Makes sense. So I, so um, it seems like there is a divide going on. Yeah, and I think we'll address that a little bit more in another story. Another story, Tish and Miley are the same person. <laughs> the same 
person. I it's a video podcast, but I listen to it. Um, and they talk the same. They have the same like kind of like whoa energy. And Tish said that it wasn't until Bangers is when Tish started getting into weed. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had like a like their bus caught on fire. Yeah. Or. And she said, but up until then, it was like, I was like, that's the gateway drug that she said, it's the devil. And um, they talked about Miley's um, Salvia tape and how like she <laughs> lost the deal. And they said that when they were kids, Brandy and Miley snuck out to hang out with the Jonas Brothers. Oh, my gosh. Um, and they went to like a, a diner that's <laughs> to get milkshakes. Um. And Tish also said that growing up, she was a little more lenient on Miley than the rest of them because she saw the way child stars were like, if you push them to pull them back too hard, they're going to rebel. And like, she goes, because Miley was making her own money at that point. She goes, so I was afraid that like, if I was too strict on her, she'd be like, well, I have all this money. I'm just going to leave. You know, she said she was still strict, but you know, Miley was like, you can stay out a little bit longer than everyone else and um all that stuff it was interesting it it definitely they weren't like bashing billy ray at all but you can definitely tell her she was like i'm much more myself and happier and confident in the relationship i'm in now than i ever was with billy ray yeah and like she was like i basically was raising everyone all five kids on my own so it was interesting. It's a, a little, in, it's interesting to get a peek behind the Cyrus curtain. I know. This is like the first real, like, concrete statements we've had about them separating and, like, anything that's been going on with the family. I know. They didn't get too deep into the Billy Ray of it all. Mm-hmm. They, but they got just enough where you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, if you are filing. They both filed for divorce multiple times. Like, multiple times. We kind of <laughs> know, like, yeah, but, like, you know. It's just, it was an interesting conversation because Brandy made it very clear that she is not as close to Billy Ray as she was growing up. All right, our next story is a little Demi Lovato news. Um, Demi Lovato's decision to perform her 2013 hit Heart Attack at a recent performance raising awareness about deadly cardiovascular ailments for the American Heart Association raised some eyebrows and the defense of the singer-songwriter because of Lovato's own physical uh, history. Now representative for the singer explains why she chose specifically to sing the song. Um, after Lovato took the stage, obviously saying heart attack, walking through the crowd and sing heart attack with select attendees. This is what Team Lovato had to say. She spoke on the mind-heart connection. It was a sensitive moment intended to champion the women in the room. The very reason why Demi was at the event, a representative for Lovato explains via email, she did open with a beautiful intro on why she chose the song and addressed the room, talking about the mind and heart connection. It was actually a beautiful moment. Um, it's still funny, just the optics of it. <laughs> it's still funny because... It's her, she because she has a another heart song that says "Give your heart a break," which <laughs> give your heart a break and start exercising and eating right. So it's just it's a classic Demi story. I know. Of like, it, <laughs> what is Demi doing? I mean, like, what song would you have wanted her to sing besides her heart? anything else skyscraper i guess if it's an it's an event to uplift sorry i don't know confident oh heart attack i know that's your biggest song but (laughs) you know before team lovato put out that statement just seeing the tiktoks of like videos of people reacting to that performance being like oh no 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 oh no 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 that's exactly what they did oh Oh, no 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 well, speaking of singing live and a musical performance, time for our Grammys recap. Yay! All right. We were hoping, we were praying, we were theorizing what was going to happen. We were up. And Team Time Machine were happy campers. Not only because 
Paramore won both of the Grammys that they were nominated for. And they became the first female-fronted rock band in history to win the Grammy Award for Best Rock Album, which is insane. Oh, really? Yes. Like, not even Fleetwood Mac. Crazy. So, Becca Nation was already going into the night on a high note. Wait, y'all, and we were like, y'all were going in there. Let's send off, like, let's hope this good luck rubs off. And then pretty much almost as soon as the ceremony opened, Miley Cyrus won her first Well, Grammy. it was the first award of the night. Um, so, I... So, people were texting me, and I was texting Becca. So, the people who were texting me were like a couple seconds ahead of me, and I was a couple seconds ahead of Becca. So, my phone started going off when they were like and the grammy goes too so i already knew miley won when before mariah carey opened the envelope <laughs> and then i texted becca and then becca's like no spoilers so then i put my phone up during like the things that i was like oh maybe she has a chance to win so record of the year i didn't look at my phone and i was like oh i hope she gets up again and she did she did um what was your reaction to her winning her first Grammy? Her first Grammy. I screamed. I was so excited. Because it's she so was excited deserved. Too. And you could tell by the reaction in the room. Like, people were so excited for her to get up there. Right. Because every, every person who was nominated in every category she was basically in had already won. Or were nominated, like, so many other times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, the cr- Oprah, Oprah was us. Oprah was Oprah. up and singing. Taylor Swift was up and singing. I was like, not Taylor. Well, you know she's going to be up and singing. Of course. She's always up and singing and working, as we found out. And announcing her well. new albums at the Grammys. And is receiving not great internet reception to her shenanigans at the Grammys. I think people have just had it. The Celine Dion thing, okay. <laughs> like, that's kind of like, okay, now we're kind of grasping at we're reaching some straw right you know what i mean i think the big like ugh, come on is her announcing the album at the grammys yeah um, and like, then clearly knowing that she was gonna win at least one grammy because she announced it then but then when she got announced for winning album of the year again now she's the person who's won album of the year the most times which i feel a certain type of way about but you yeah. could tell that she was like genuinely surprised by that one, whereas the first one was kind of like, "Yep, okay, we're gonna get up and we're gonna go." And well, we're that's gonna... why, because honestly, if she ha- if she a hundred percent thought she was gonna win album of the year, she would have waited that big announcement. You're, yeah, for that, she won best pop vocal. Are, if we're basing it off vocals, Kelly, Kelly, come Kelly on, Clarkson. Obvi. Come on. Um, we did have another Disney Channel star walk away with an award. <sighs> yes. Con- congratulations to Coco Jones. Best R&B performance. Best R&B performance. Olivia um, Rodrigo performed Vampire, but she didn't win anything. And that was okay. She won a lot. Oh, did you see that? Did you make the connection that Mark Ronson gave Miley her second Grammy? Does that mean Yeah, that Mark Ronson and Does- Meryl Streep. And Mariah Carey were the people that handed Miley her first two Grammys, which is so <laughs> iconic. Miley also had an iconic performance of Flowers that we've so, been discussing. Okay, I but... was with, I was watching with people who have not seen Miley live. And so they were a little confused of what was going on. I said, no, this is exactly what happened mm-hmm. at all of her concerts. She like she... do little ad libs. Even before the performance, when she got up on stage with Mariah Carey and said, I'm going to tell a little story. I was like, I felt right of at course. home. I like, and I know she course. made that up. There's no way that actually happened to her. <laughs> There's no way she made That was like when she was like, all these people were like, I love flowers. And she was, her team or whoever were posting on Instagram being like, when I was writing flowers, I was thinking of you. Eternally <laughs> grateful. Eternally grateful. Um, that was great. When she was like, MC. MC. I know. Instagram Miley um, says, I'm eternally grateful. And real life Miley says, I forgot to put on underwear. <laughs> literally. She, are, she won a Grammy literally 10 minutes before. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I'm just here to have, like, the pressure's off. She's I loose. went home with something. She was, her, the vocals were there. The performance was there. She was throwing in. She was sassing the crowd. She said, why are y'all acting like you don't know this song? Right. Get up um, and dance. When she said... I just remembered I just won my first Grammy and she'd everyone loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gave 
um, a little crumbs to all the Plastic Heart fans in the house. <laughs> she did. <laughs> that was for us. I, my head says it was for Tina Turner, but my heart says it was for Plastic Hearts. It could be. It's for both. For both. Um, her her vibe was very seventies variety. Yeah. Show. Which I think is kind of what she was going for. It was just her on the stage. And there was like jazz. It was good. I loved it. Was it was great. It was a great. It was so great they, to just see her perform live this era. She had a, she had a lot of bent up, uh, pent up energy for sure. I'm wondering if like this reception will get her back out on the road. I know. One can only, only hope. Time, only time will one tell. One can only hope. Well, one quick thing I guess to mention before we close out our Grammy coverage is the speculation that has been going around about Miley's second acceptance speech where she got up the on what? stage to accept record of the year. And basically when she finished her thank you, she said, I don't think I forgot anybody. And oh. people have See, been I... saying that this is shade at Billy Ray and Noah specifically because she didn't. I don't think them. I, I don't said, think it was specifically she... that. No, but she said her family and then she Tish Brandy were there. Yeah. I don't think it was like, I'm not going to mention my dad or my other siblings. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, the, but you know, when you're so intertwined with your family in the public eye, public eye like that, mm-hmm. and you mention specific people in your family and don't mention the one that like, people when you think of a family member of Miley Cyrus, you think of her dad. Yeah. Then it's like, oh. All the thumbs. people in like the comments of all these articles have been like, I'm going to stream Butterfly Fly Away and cry. <laughs> like, and, and please, and I'm, I'm begging like, you, get a, get a hobby. It's not and that I'm serious. I'm like, okay. Give me the streams um, then. It was a fun award show. I enjoyed it. It was. It was long. I felt the length. You were, you texted me, you were like, where are the awards? The <laughs> Grammys are like, that's why the, that's why the pre-show is so long. Mm-hmm. Because... The majority of the show is like five awards and there's just performances. I think the last time before this that I actually sat down and watched the whole Grammys was when Hamilton performed. Not that. They (laughs) performed the Grammys. I forgot that. Yeah, they did. And then the website like crashed to get Hamilton tickets after the show. They're Grammy award winning. They are. We're congratulations to two time Grammy winner. Miley Cyrus. Congratulations to Taylor Swift for choosing Disney Plus as Oof. the home of the heiress tour. <laughs> right. I, know you'll I be will streaming. not be watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's all the it. it's... I've had it. Like, let us breathe, please. <laughs> Anyway, that's the end of a, a supersized 411, but there's a lot of things we had to get through. <laughs> the end of a supersized 411. The end of probably a lot of people following us because I've said I've had it with Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hey, if you like Taylor Swift, that's great. No, I don't but... hate. I don't hate Taylor Swift. I'm just, it's the overexposure. It's the me. overexposure. It's... And, you know, as Miley fans, we take what we can get. We get crumbs. So if we were big Miley fans and it was like, like this, we'd be like, yeah you know like it's hard to be happy for people that get a new album like an album every six months when yeah every time every time you sneeze (laughs) there's like a new track list some of your faves hasn't been seen in the public eye for a year speaking of awards we might be handing the most boring episode of that so raven award (laughs) (laughs) to the episode we're talking about today um Keeping it with the Valentine's theme a little bit ahead of the holiday, we are talking about the That's a Raven Valentine's Day episode. Yes, we are talking about the season two episode of That's a Raven called Heart and Mind, Hearts and Minds, excuse me, there's more than one. Um, it aired on February 6th, 2004. Yesterday, 20 years yesterday. ago yesterday, wow. As we were recording this. Um, so basically, this episode is about, it's Valentine's Day, and Corey is having trouble getting a valentine, and Eddie uses his rap skills to help Corey get a date, and meanwhile, Raven is trying to mail this giant letter to Devon, and Chelsea wants Mr. and Mrs. Baxter to approve of her date, since her parents are out of town. 
So, a lot going on. What did you do? You remember this episode when it aired? I do. I have thought about miss you, want to kiss you, like yeah. all the time. Yeah, I of course remember the big giant um, card and the rap battle at the mm-hmm. end. That's also that's in the theme song. Yeah, Raven with theme the stereo. Appearance. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that was a. I yeah yeah. We've we've covered a lot of that's a Raven episodes on this podcast. This is my least favorite one we've done. This is, I mean, that's not to say that it's a bad episode. I just think that this episode is so much focused on like the morals of everything that's happening. Like, you have the morals of Victor and Tanya being like, "Are we strict enough parents?" Because Chelsea like lets slip that she thinks they let Raven do anything, and then you have the moral of like Corey becoming a womanizer and it's just like this all of the scenes are like two person grounded scenes focused on morals and if they're not focused on morals there's not really any jokes in the physical comedy sense they're just like insulting each other the vision was a very small like really not integral to the plot yeah it happens it's just to get the ball rolling raven doesn't really be like oh this is something i have to stop she's just like huh that happened and then when yeah. the thing happens, Raven's like, just like my vision. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. That's it. Raven is like the B plot. Yeah. Raven is like not, she's not really there. Like she's there, but she's not. And then really, we actually the never, end. we never really get a proper resolution to the Chelsea date plot line either. It just kind oh, of yeah, I wrote, I was like, goes away. Well, that was, that was solved very fast. <laughs> the Raven plot was just kind of like she's trying to get her card and every now and then in like the story the card she would just be like i can't get it yeah so there was nothing going on in raven's storyline so then she decides that it's time for her to meddle in the Corey storyline yeah and i this was a very heavy Corey episode and i was like this is the character that got the spinoff And again, I know he's 11 in this and he's a little bit older in Corey in the house, but still, yeah, you're just kind of like, this is like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> where's, where's the disguises? Exactly. Where's the pratfalls? We don't even really get a disguise. We just get rap and Raven. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Cause like, but it's okay, not a finally. disguise. I mean, would you count that as one? I wouldn't. No. Cause she yeah. was, I think it's, it's a costume. Yeah. But it's like clothes uh, that she probably would wear in another episode yeah. like normally and you wouldn't think anything of it what if she uh, had she should have walked in and been like i'm ll cool j and i'm here to rap battle you and come in like, dressed I up heard, as like a rapper i heard my like i heard someone stealing my raps exactly what's going on with that but um, i guess it hurts more if it's your own sister that like just completely destroys you in front of a bunch of fourth grade girls yeah washes you down like this the the rap river like that, a glass that not of milk sense. she washes like you down gla- like, a like, glass a, of milk. like a little like a little glass of milk um before we get into the details and all the twists and turns of that of that's a raven episode i'm just time for a promo powwow promo powwow um this promo powwow is a little bit different instead of the we're watching a commercial of the specific episode. We're watching a commercial of the That's Her Raven Valentine's Day marathon that aired February 13th, 2005, which will feature this episode because at the time it will be a year old. Um, so let's see how Disney Channel promoted their That's Her Raven Valentine's Day marathon. Valentine's Day, Disney Channel's giving you a special Valentine's Day gift. Get She's gonna get real mad if you get it wrong. Ten episodes of your favorite sweetheart, Raven. Oh, it's gonna be your favorite magical. sweetheart. As part of the That's So Valentine's Day Marathon. Tune in for five hours. I was actually five hours. Say that five hours of Ray. Of your favorite That's So Raven episodes. The Pizza Pirate episode. That's So Valentine's Day. Tomorrow, 3 2 Central on Disney Channel. That cake. I'm okay. I'm confused by the color scheme of this ad because it's very yellow and it's not like red and pink. Like the background is like yellow, and then at the end it's green. And the only you Valentine's know. Day thing show you they show you is that weird cake. That weird uh, strawberry cake, which looks good. I will not tell a lie. 
That's um, fun though. I always love like I would love seeing ads like this and be like or when you'd be like mid marathon and it would be like, We're back and the that's so Valentine's Day marathon. They should have called this episode That's So Valentine's Day. I know. But they don't they don't What's really that? do the that's so titles like some of those other shows oh yeah we discussed the like that'd be funny if raven mm-hmm. did a like a themed episode title um all right let's get into the episode speaking of um all right so we begin the episode with raven and chelsea carrying that big old big old card <laughs> it's so iconic and i was like not and then victor was like oh you got a card for your dear old dad be, like, be so for real <laughs> yeah i said victor you think she did that for you because didn't she uh she's like no no it's De- where's devon why is devon never there <laughs> he's long distance isn't he like he lives somewhere else i don't remember and like at the reveal of the end when devon shows up i'm like where was the actor <laughs> was he like booked on something else <laughs> we could only be in the one tag at the end and have two lines. um but of course raven opens up the card and it's, of course, to Devon. And it, who, who did this for Raven? Because Raven is some sort of mechanical engineer. I know. Uh, it's like, it's a giant head of Raven just spinning, like going back and forth, saying like, miss you, want to kiss you, miss you, want to kiss you. And that kind of sets up the biggest plot device in Raven's episode. <laughs> Why did it need to be that big? Like, just logistically, I, she has to know that there's not going to be any way to send that in the mail. Yeah, and I feel like this was only... The card was just... It didn't serve the plot to anything. Yeah, it really doesn't. Like, it wasn't like, oh, it connected to Corey's storyline at the end, mm-hmm. or it connected to... It just introduces the fact that it's Valentine's Day, basically. And then the next time we see it, it's when... The mailman won't take it. And then the la- then we just see it again when Devon shows up. And that's really like the only precedence that the card has. Other yeah, than being so like... iconic that it's like the only thing I remember this episode Yeah, for. that you remember. But I feel like there was a better way to introduce that. Like, why not just have Raven be sad that Devon's not there for Valentine's Day? I don't know. Corey does and eat the... Raven up with an insult um, in the kitchen. What? What are you doing? When she reveals this card... He's like, well, of course, it's going to remind him of you. A big old head that won't stop talking. You know, Corey and Raven have to do little jabs to each other. And then Corey reveals that it's there's this girl in his class named Danielle that he likes and he wants to make a move. And he goes, and today's moving day. <laughs> little, little sly little dog. Little there. sly little Corey. Always makes me laugh. Um, and but Raven has a vision that um, it's like Corey, and he's like things are getting ripped in his face and get thrown at him, and he goes, "I guess no one wants to be my Valentine." So Raven is like, "Hey, Corey, just like know that when you go talk to this girl, just be yourself." And of course, Tanya and Victor are like, "Why are you being so nice?" And even Corey's like, "Why are you being so nice?" <laughs> <laughs> And Raven's like, just trust me, just trust me. Um, and then we cut to Corey's uh, school. And I was like, not elementary school. <laughs> yes. With the, the desks are so big. Yeah, I know. I forgot Corey was in elementary school. He's a child. Um, a, I know, but I was like, is he in, I thought he was like in sixth grade or something. But this is clearly an elementary school class. And he goes up to Danielle. And Danielle's like, oh, hey, Corey. And of course, Corey is just tripping over his feet, stuttering, can't even look her in the eye. Which he blames on and Raven. Yeah, why does he blame that on? He's like Raven. I guess because Raven you know, like told him something to think about, and he got tripped up because he was thinking yeah. about it instead of just being like skeezy pimp Corey. Yeah, which never be skeezy pimp Corey. <laughs> <laughs> A word well, of advice. Never if you be- don't like skeezy pimp Corey, you are not going to like this episode. Yeah. Because that is um, all we get. Um, so then after the theme song, we are, the, the Valentine's card is coming back up the stairs with Raven and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea has to help. She has to put the card down because she gets a call from Curtis, who is her flavor of the week. Yeah. And we get some great physical comedy from Raven. And he struggles to keep this card. 
<laughs> off the bed. Yeah, I was like, come on, physical comedy. <laughs> and Chelsea gets off the phone and she's sad that she was like, huh, Curtis asked me out. And Raven's like, well, I don't know about you, but if a guy that I like asked me out, I'm not sad about it. And she's just like, well, I'm sad because my parents always have to like approve every guy I date, but they're away on their second honeymoon. I'm like, well, girl, if they're away, just go on the date. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what, do you, what are they going to do? Stop? What are they going to do? They obviously, they obviously let you alone. What are they, yeah, what are they going to um, do? Yeah. I, I, I was like, <laughs> and then Eddie just shows honeymoon. up. Like he just comes up the stairs and is like, what did I miss? It's an open door policy there at the Baxter house. Chelsea's like, well, Raymond's like, why don't you just ask my parents and they'll tell your parents, which I was like, yeah, that's I what Raven this. says in the attic. She's like, why don't you just like ask my parents and, and they'll check him out. And I loved this plot for Victor and Tanya <laughs> to kind of like, that's not like a Raven, like it's not to give Raven a lesson. It's not, you know, it's like, oh, I like this pairing of, yeah. This episode is you actually know, Raven teaching Corey the lesson and then Victor and Tanya learning a lesson about themselves. And this episode also, everyone kind of has something to do. I mean, they may not all be strong things to do, but it's not like everyone has like a, a purpose in the scene. Yeah. Somewhat. All of our main six have like a good scene, at least. And it's not just, and it's not just the formulaic Raven, Chelsea, and Eddie have their storyline and Victor, Tanya, and Corey have their storyline. It's, you know, yeah. it's like nice. It's, you know, it's, it's entertaining. Um, it's entertaining to be like, oh, this is fun to just have Chelsea in a scene with Victor and Tanya. And that's it. That's what like, I you guess know? this episode is, it's entertaining, but it's not like funny. And I'm used to like busting yeah. a gut when we watch Raven. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's, this is fun. This is a fun idea. Yeah. That's fun. So Corey comes upstairs and he's kicking rocks because he's like, man, I messed up. You told me not to mess up. And that's exactly what I did. I messed up. And I'm not going to, I'm so bummed out. He's not going to have a Valentine. And then Raven tells Eddie, she's like, Eddie, will you go talk to Corey? He really looks up to you. He could use your advice right now. So Eddie. Also, I did, I did have to know now we're in the, cause we've covered some season one. We covered like, I think a Raven episode in each season. This is definitely post when Chelsea and Corey, like Corey does not have that crush on Chelsea anymore. Right. I think that's exclusively season one. It's exclusively season one. But, but the I last always Raven forget that it's watch. there until we watch a season one episode. And he's like, mm, baby, every he's time like, Chelsea hey. goes over. That would have been a good storyline. It's like Corey wants Chelsea to be his Valentine. Wouldn't it be so funny if like in season four, when Chelsea is rapidly losing brain cells as the episodes continue for Corey to just be like, I can't believe I ever wanted to hit that. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> that. <laughs> anyway, so there's a scene, we get a scene between Eddie and Corey where Eddie is basically like, well, he says, first he says he just needs some tips from the master. And Chelsea's like, great, great. Where do we find the phone number for this master? Which is supposed to be her being dumb, but it would have been funnier if it was delivered yeah. as like cooking. I Eddie. agreed with that too. <laughs> that would have been funny to cook to like. Yeah, I agreed with and that. And I think that's how um, the audience responds to it. But the way that Eddie and Raven respond to it, and the way that Annalise delivers it, it's obvious that like she, it's, it's, a, it's a stupid Chelsea line. Yeah, yeah. but it would have been funnier if she was roasting him because that's oh yeah, a hundred percent. Because if Raven said it, you know, she would have been like, "No, where are we gonna find the number of this master?" Yeah, and she would have like, <laughs> like looked look him Eddie. up and down and like yeah, it just I don't know. That's not to say that that was like a poor choice or anything. It's just like the difference between how they would have them deliver those lines. Oh, um, of course. But Eddie is like, you just, you have to learn from the master. And he calls up this random girl. Well, first off, there's so much denim in this scene. So much denim between Corey's <laughs> chinko, Jeans his knee-length and- baggy shorts, and Orlando's into higher fit. Is denim is denim on denim there's on also denim a on lot denim. of jeans that are like ripped and have a patch specifically on the left knee in this episode yeah that was the style i know denim denim but denim. eddie gives some advice to Corey. it's like hey i'm going to you just like have to have confidence yada 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 and he's like here i'm going to show you he calls up this girl and she's like oh hey eddie he's like hey i'm going to I've been thinking of this rap. Uh, I want I want you to know. I want you. I want to know what you think of it. She's like, okay. 
And so he raps like this love song, this love rap to her. Okay. So at the end of this phone call, her, her dad bursts into the room and like hangs up the phone and gets mad. So we know that she's at home. But I thought it was funny to think of like, well, I guess this is before cell phone. No, because Chelsea answers the cell phone. Chelsea, ha- Chelsea has a cell phone. So I thought it was funny of like, where is she when she gets this call? Right. And this I was like, wow, she must have really good. Re- I, I was like, wow, she must have really good reception wherever she is. Wait. And also, <laughs> why does Eddie have his beats on the ready? Because he's just like that. When, because when Eddie was explaining to Corey, oh, yeah, this is kind of what I like to do. He's like, here, follow me. And he brings out a CD from his pocket, puts it in the boom box that the Baxters just so happen to have next to the phone. You know he's always um, ready to go. And I used to, like, this is the part in the episode that is seared in my memory. When ev- at the end of every rap in this episode, Corey's and Eddie's, they like rap, 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 and they just go, done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling me. It was just like a little, a little button. Eddie's like... I got to see, like, Corey, what do you have? Like, that's all, you know, woo the ladies with your rap. And he busts out, my name is Corey. And this is my story, two, two times two equals four Okay, and you're a, a fan of Corey's rap. No, as a kid, that stuck with me forever. <laughs> I just always remember that, two times two equals four And then he's like, and when I dream at night, I sorry or something like that. I snore. And he's like, no, no, no. And he's like, ah. He's like, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) So Eddie is such a gentleman and wants Corey to succeed. He's like, here, just use the rap I just made to impress Danielle at your, um, at your school. And Corey, oh, thanks. Corey starts this joke that's only done a second time by Raven later, but I thought this was such a fun joke where Corey's like, I don't care what they say about you, man. You're the best. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And they have this great moment. And then after Corey leaves the room, Eddie's just like, what do they say about me? Right? I was like, not everyone gossiping about Eddie behind his back. <laughs> and no one's telling him what they're saying. I know. Um, so we cut back to elementary school. And, <laughs> and Corey Danielle is has, ready to go. Yeah, ready to go. And Danielle has her pudding. <laughs> I know. She is making her every acting choice with this pudding cup. And, of course, Corey doesn't know what to say. And so he gets a boombox. Mm-hmm. There's a boombox somewhere. And he does his rap. And, of course, it's a hit not only with Danielle, but the entire class. So Especially the, entire, the extra with the, the girl blonde in the bob purple. behind Corey. There's a girl in the purple. Yes. Who is... Getting this it. This is, like, her dream. One of these she, girls that they have fall in love with Corey also, like, blink and you, she could be a young Beanie Fieldstein. I had no exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> She's the titular role. She's the titular role. But everybody um, loves it. And Danielle starts to be like, wow, Corey, that was great. But everybody like crowds in around him. And so this actress just backs up and is like swirling her spoon sadly. Yeah. In her pudding her poor, cup. poor, her poor, poor pudding cup. <laughs> Oscar nominated best picture. Poor pudding cups. The poor pudding cup. So then we see um, Raven and Chelsea trying to seal the envelope of this giant card with like Swiffers, I guess, and glue. Yeah. <gasps> exactly. And Victor and Tanya walk in, and that's when um they're like Raven tells Chelsea to ask about the if uh Victor and Tanya will check out this guy. Yeah. Or no, they come in and they're like, Good news, Chelsea, like we okayed like, your parents said it's okay if we check out this guy for you. And Chelsea's like, oh, that's great. This is going to be so much easier with my parents. You let Raven get away with everything. And this noise Raven makes where she's like, like a car, like a car engine starting. What noise is your car making, ma'am? You know the Raven. Like, oh, yeah. But then I had to wonder, what does Raven really get away with? Not much. Because every episode I've seen, I guess Raven gets found out. I guess they, mean they just let her get away with making these garish disguises and always being caught with right. her pants down and a wig on. <laughs> yeah. You believe the wigs that are in her room. You believe the... You let Raven dress up as her teacher and go to school. 
They're like, she did what? It's when they say, though, that um, when Chelsea's like, you let Raven get away with everything, the look on Rondell Sheridan's face, he's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> it's just like, how does he know? How does she know that? And then they, Tanya and Victor kind of have this thing for the rest of the episode where they're like trying to be strict and then they just kind of realize that they're not. They're just going back and forth. They're like, no, you're not the strict parent. Yeah, they, the they both think one. it's the other one's fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then all the giggling gals. The giggling gals. The silly girls. The giggling gals. <laughs> the silly girlies. The Corey, the Corey stands. This is the silly um, girls uh, ensemble cast of the Beauty and the Beast four o'clock cast. Right. <laughs> Miss Bowman's so, four o'clock cast, Beauty and the Beast. Um, are following, are following um, Corey home. And that's when Raven is like, something's not right here and even chelsea's like wow Corey seems to be a little full of it yeah and raymond's like yeah he seems to be like full of something and we see the giant envelope covered in stamps which made me laugh because i had had that thought when i first saw the card of like how much is this post many going stamps to be? it was how just much how do you much is the postage for... gonna be it had to be at least fifty dollars Fifty dollars. Well, it's in two thousand four. Still, I mean, yeah, maybe fifty dollars in two thousand four, and they're like the mailman wouldn't take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then later, and this is... Danielle comes by the house. Well, we're forgetting. This is when Raven finds out about the rap. Okay. Yeah, I knew I that. Court keeps doing because Eddie comes by, and he's like, "Yeah, I helped." Uh, Corey with his rap and all that stuff and he's like what and Eddie is like no worries to Raven and like gives her some advice and that's when Raven does that joke again yeah the, I don't care what they say or, about you Eddie and he's like what are they saying about <laughs> what me what are they saying and what do, we, what do we say what are people saying about Eddie that he's fake that he's fake and he's, he's phony. Fake and a phony. I shouldn't have and laid eyes on you. Laid my eyes on you. you? <laughs> um, if you know, you know. Greece. <laughs> that was from Greece, everybody. You're a fake and a phony. And a wish phony, I never laid eyes on you. Never laid my eyes on you. Sandy, um, meta rats. They're mean rats. Well, if we're doing Greece impressions, <laughs> you have to do your best one. From you to me, Piggy Lee. <laughs> Sorry, French. That's a, that's what Raven should have done. Where's the Raven Grease episode? Um, right. Oh, my God. Raven is Rizzo? She would have eaten. Chelsea is Frenchie? There are worse things, are worse things I could do. <laughs> then go anyway, with we're the Devon topic. or two. Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm Chelsea anyway. Lee. <laughs> From you to me, Chelsea Lay. Okay, anyway, we're getting off topic. I know. Uh, so Danielle comes by with her little, little Valentine. To give, like, just wait till school. Isn't that what y'all do in elementary school is pass out cards? Well, that's why, she, no, that's why she came by. Because so many people were um, No, but the Valentine's Day is the next day at this point. Yes. Because Corey made, but... Corey's like, why the hell did you come by a day early? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't curse at her. Uh... He might as well have. <laughs> Like through God. He's so mean to her. Cause she comes by with this little tiny Valentine and Raven's like, Corey, come down here, like somebody's here to see you. And Corey's like, we get a great Raven yelling moment. Corey Well, before he she yells for Corey to come downstairs, we kinda get a, a, a moral um lesson. Uh, of the episode like the first part is like for some reason guys have this dream about all like a bunch of girls fawning after them and really it's only really one that matters and so that's kind of the the through line that we'll learn at the end yeah um but raven's like raven's telling all these little nine-year-old girls to love themselves and put themselves first like they're okay i do want to talk about that one line at the end (laughs) um when the rap because i was like damn (laughs) but anyway so Corey comes downstairs after Raven yells, like, Danielle's here, and he comes downstairs, he's like, well, can you tell her to take a number? And she's like, hello? <laughs> and somehow, he let Victor 
and Tanya have a ticket number thing in their household yeah. uh, where people have to physically get a number to talk to Corey. So then Danielle is crushed. That little actress was crushed. I know. She's like, I gotta go. She can be crushed even without her pudding cup. Right. She weaves. She's like, I have to go. And then Raven and then Cor- yells at Raven him. Raven calls for Corey. She's like, Corey, yeah. get back down here. And he says the most exasperated kid line where he's like, what do you want for my life? <laughs> it's like such right. a nine or ten year old thing to say. What do you want? But he's like, she's like, why are you being an asshole? Basically. Well, she didn't curse. <laughs> well, she might as well why have. You, why are you putting things in people's mouths? Because they're just heated in, in this scene. Because she's yeah, she's like, you can't treat. Let's people just say like that. if this was if this was HBO, <laughs> Raven would have said that. <laughs> you, the, but she's mad, and she's like, you can't treat people that way. And then Corey tells Raven to take a number. And the whole crowd goes, ooh. Right, because this is, this is that Sir Raven, not that Sir Corey. And Raven's face is like, oh, no, he didn't. And that's when she's like, all right, we're going to play this game. Let's play this we're game. Let's play this game. Um, and we cut to Victor baking. He's baking yeah, up I, a storm. <laughs> like, the bear is scared. <laughs> Uh, because those cream puffs look delightful. He's cooking. And He's cooking. The boy, the this boy Curtis comes over, not to be confused well, with Sonny Curtis from a different episode of That's a Raven. And this is burning on my brain. Do you remember the episode of That's a Raven? Sonny where, Curtis. The episode where there's that weird comet and Eddie has visions. Yeah. And he gets like mixed up in the bedding, like on horses and stuff. Oh, shut the up. person he gets mixed up in the bedding with is named Sonny Curtis. You are a true fan. I, for some reason, that episode is burned into my brain because I will always remember Eddie being threatened by Sonny Curtis when he couldn't have a vision yeah. about which horse well, to bet on. So, um, <laughs> so not to be confused with Sonny Curtis. Not to be confused. I'm sure you no one was confused about Sonny Curtis. Um so Victor and Tanya are obviously preparing for um, Chelsea to bring not Sonny Curtis to the house. And so Chelsea <laughs> walks in looking like she's about to sing Silver Spring. <laughs> I was uh, going to say Chelsea looking like she just walked out of the Free People catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Saying like, okay, not Sonny Curtis is here. <laughs> Please, like, we're going to do great. And um, this is when, like, Tanya and Victor kind of have, like, a little exchange before. It's like, okay, we really have to vet this guy. We can't just be, like, get away with everything, like Raven, like Chelsea said. So they bring Curtis in. And at first, I was like, oh, this is an extra that's not going to talk. Right. Just, like, the way it was going. Um, so they, they sit Curtis down in the kitchen. And they just kind of interrogate him. Like, I did, I did like this exchange. Have you been to jail? No. Victor goes, why? <laughs> He's like, because I'm not a criminal. <laughs> They're really, they like took that. the note from Chelsea. They heard they weren't they strict t- enough. They said, we're going to take the note. Yeah. Yeah. And then they keep going back and forth. And then Chelsea's like, hey, guys, um, I like this guy. Can you guys please just cool it? And apparently all they had to do. All she had to do was ask, because then yeah. they're fine. Well, but then right, be- right before they do that, Curtis is like, I'm sorry, Chelsea. Like, I like you, but this is too weird. And he gets yeah. up and starts to walk away. And then they're like, oh, no, no, wait. You seem like a nice guy. And he goes, I thought I was. I thought I was. <laughs> like, they made this man question everything he thought he knew about himself. Yeah, he's like, I... And that's when they're like, well, here's $10 on us. They're like, $10? Give him $20. You can't do anything like that. <laughs> and, then Chelsea and then Chelsea tries to probe for more. And she's like, oh, Tanya, I bet you can't match 30. And then Tanya like, goes, <laughs> don't push a girl. Well, she shouldn't. <laughs> she's trying to finagle f- f- you for money. And then they go, okay, be back by 10. Be back by 11. And they're like, 10, 9. And then Chelsea goes, wait, I don't even live here. Right. Which I thought was a, you I thought that girl, was a funny. You could have been on this date hours ago if you just decided to tell no one. So I thought that was a funny <laughs> resolution to that quick storyline. But the girlies are back. Uh, Corey has brought all the girlies home, and he has front row seats. I love that he set up, like, five folding chairs in the living room <laughs> for all these girlies <laughs> to sit down right. and watch the his Corey, new rap. 
the Corey stain the Corey stands are in the house. <laughs> they have front row seats <laughs> to the Corey experience VIP. The Corey experience. I mean, he's in this really nice blue tracksuit. I know. Where did he get that? I don't know. Um, and he has like a really cool hat and a little chain. He's dressed for the part. And so basically, this is for Corey to decide who's going to be his Valentine. It's very bachelor because he has a rose he's going to give out. Mm-hmm. How he's going to decide because they're not like, they're not doing anything. They, well, they him. all brought their own Valentine. So I guess maybe he'll just put a name, like put them all in a bowl and draw a name or something. I don't know. But he's performing. And after he he's performs, performing. Raven bursts through the kitchen doors. And she said, my heart's the a stereo. Co- it beats for you. So listen close. The queen of rap has arrived. <laughs> the queen of rap has arrived. She's about to take Corey down. She cooked him in the Rappin, frying pan. Rap and Raven has entered the chat. Rap and Raven. <laughs> and I'll, I'm sorry, Raven killed. She ate. I'm, Kyle Massey was, like, we saw Kyle Massey do th- this rap right before Raven did. And then Raven is like, no, I'm going to tell you how it's done. She basically comes in um, and the gist of her rap is like, that rap was bad, and I want to see you rap battle me. And he's like, "What?" And then, she, but she's well, like, you have "Well, because to... she knows, yeah, she, she knows, knows that this he is can't. all rehearsed." This so is, then she's like, she drops another verse on him about how he's too scared to rap back at her, which then he tries to hit her with, "Your feet stink, your breath stinks, all the all that." And the girls are falling and out yeah, of love. And, th- and then Ray, that's when Ray hits them with like, "Corey is a fake and a phony," and. That's, then she turns to the girls. She's like, oh, you girlies should respect Giselle. She's like, you should have some self-respect. And then like, when she finishes that line. Kids are like nine years old. They all just go. They're Raven stands. Well, you know, and I was like, this is so Raven Simone. This ain't even a Raven Baxter. This is Raven Simone. Mm-hmm. Like this is, well you, well, you know, Raven Simone's first ever album was a rap album. Yeah. When she was like seven. Yeah. She's in her element. So she's in her element. So she was she was going at it. Nicki Minaj who? Megan Thee Stallion who? <laughs> Both of those Cardi girls need Ray. to clean away. R- really. We're, this is Cardi Ray. Cardi Ray. But the girlies have had Ray, it. Raven. This is Raven the Baxter. <laughs> Raven the Baxter. <laughs> the girlies have had it. And they tear up their valentines and throw them in Corey's face. Which is what that confetti now- was in the vision. And Raven's like, just like my vision. And Corey goes, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> He's so upset because she cooked him within an inch of his life in front of every he, girl. She, she annihilated him. She cooked him and stuck an apple in his mouth like he was a little piggy. <laughs> <laughs> she, I will say she didn't have to embarrass him like that in front of all those girls. But she did, though, because she wouldn't have gotten through to him any other way. Oh, yeah, and that's what she said. Yeah, in the episode. that's what she's, she's like, like well, I had to, to because me. you weren't listening to me, and so I had to make you listen. And there was only girl that you, and Dan, then when Corey's like, Danielle was the only girl who ever really liked me, and I pushed her away. Do you know that she ever really liked you, though? Because she still was only charmed by you because of your rap. Oh, that is true. I guess it's because she made the effort to come by the house. Maybe. And when Raven's like, you shouldn't have talked to her that way, Corey's like, I should have given her a lower number. Still on his not high the time, horse. Corey, not the time. Still on his high horse. But then this big reveal yeah. was so funny to me. Like, how did Raven orchestrate this? Did she go to this girl's house and be like, hey, come over here at this time and just wait in the Probably. kitchen until I'm done roasting my brother she's alive? Like, she's like, mom, there's a teenage girl at our door telling me to come to her house at 3.15 on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Can I go? Can I go? Because we sure, open honey. the kitchen and it's revealed that Danielle is sitting there with her pudding cup. <laughs> <laughs> how long how long was she there for like did victor and tanya run into her did she hear raven cook Corey like to a, a, a crisp before? I know, you know she had a she had that cup up to the kitchen kitchen door <laughs> listening in on this rap can you imagine if Corey had walked like, in and she was like actually i'm not interested anymore i heard you just get roasted yeah. within an inch of your life <laughs> that was pretty bad but she's there with her little pigtails and she says that she still wants to be Corey's valentine so they get set up together. And, and then Raven's we get happy, our tag she's like cu- scene. Cupid. She's Ray- Raven Cupid. Cupid Ray. And then we get our tag scene with Devon. It's so random. It's so random. You forget, He's you forget the Devon home. thing was even. 
He's got flowers and chocolate for Raven. Apparently, he annoyed his parents so bad about missing Raven that they came home a day early. He has those parents wrapped around his finger. He was kicking the back of his seat going, Mommy! I gotta see Ray! (laughs) Mommy, I gotta see my girlfriend! (laughs) I got chocolates, Mommy! They're gonna melt! Mommy! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Raven gets to show Devon the big card. And he's like, I love it, but it doesn't sound like he does. Oh, see, I was like, oh, he loves how crazy she is. He does love how crazy she is. They have a little smooch in front of the card. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, it start, the motor starts to go into overdrive. Yeah. So we get a little bit more physical comedy there. See, if this was a proper That's a Raven episode, this would be like the grand finale and like it catches on fire. The whole house is on fire. And Raven <laughs> has to disguise herself as a firefighter to put it out. The, the Baxter home has never been in serious peril in a That's a Raven episode. And then Raven would go like, huh, talk about heartburn. Stop. <laughs> not Demi. I said heartburn, not heart attack. <laughs> and, and then, then it, the, the episode then the epi- closes in a little heart. Like it's a black frame like a, that closes in on a heart on Raven and Devon. Like a Looney Tunes cartoon. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. It, the episode ended on like a whimper. I know. It was such a strange like, taxi. De- and like, I, I don't know. You love a Devon appearance, but it just, like, it didn't feel like it got enough oomph. The, the Devon character is just so strange to me. He's so in and out. He, like, he just... He's so in and out, and you forget, oh, is Raven dating him at this point? What's the, what's, like, the deal here? Right. Like, every, like, every time, like, they get the actor to come in to be him, it's like all of a sudden Raven and him have been dating this entire time. You're like, have they? I don't remember that. It's also fun knowing what we know now about Raven's home. Mm-hmm. How they don't they don't last. Yeah. They do, but they don't. <laughs> they do, but they don't. Um, and that was the Valentine's Day episode of That's a Raven. I know. It's it's very like moral centric. It's it's a lot of like lessons and and thoughtfulness and questions. Like it's 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 different. It's a different feel. Yeah. It's interesting how they centered it around Corey. I know. That too. And when they clearly established that Raven was in a relationship with Devon and it could have been this whole thing about Raven missing Devon or something. I don't know. I feel like it could have been a little bit better. I like the rap. The rap's the best part. And the and the card. Yeah. Of course. I just I almost kind of um, wish that the main storyline had been something crazy with the card. And, like, a lot of physical comedy. Like, there could have been a lot more hectic physical comedy that came Yeah, like, that. maybe, like, Raven wants to put, like, up this big Valentine's Day party. And she gets in over her head. I know. And she dresses up as Baby Cupid and, like, flies. Like, she, she has, she's, like, on wires flying through the house. And it just goes haywire. <laughs> so many opportunities. So many opportunities. Speaking of so many opportunities, there are always so many ways to connect our stars. And we spoke of it a little in the pre-show, in the pre-411, but it's time for Six Degrees with JLC. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Would you, like, chill for a sec? It's, I'm excited. It's been a while, so if you haven't tuned in, uh, Six Degrees of JLC is a segment where I try to connect people involved with various Disney Channel projects that we might be talking about to Jamie Lee Curtis. It's always a lot of fun. Um, so this time, because he makes a brief appearance, I thought it's always fun to do a guest star. So I chose, we're starting with Jonathan Lil J. McDaniel as in this episode as Devon. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. So yeah, we're starting with Devon kissing Raven. Uh, after Devon finished kissing Raven, he appeared on an episode of the show Cougar Town. Do you remember Cougar Town? With Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. And I decided to keep it in the horror universe with Courtney Cox. You can go a million ways with Courtney Cox. But I went with Courtney Cox in Scream because that's one of her most iconic roles. And you could technically end it there because Jamie Lee Curtis is shown in Halloween footage and like talked about in the Scream movies. But to go a step further than that, in Scream with Courtney Cox in the first movie is Matthew Lillard, who was mm-hmm. in an episode of the True Lies show, the new show True Lies, that is based off the film True Lies, starring Jamie Lee Curtis. I didn't know there was a true, I forgot there was a True Lies show. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people did too because it got canceled. <laughs> but Matthew Lillard was on an episode of that, which is the the tie there to Jamie Lee. The more you know, the more, the more you, you know, Lee. the more you the more you Jamie Lee. The more you Jamie Lee. Um. All right. Well, our closing thoughts on this episode. Strange. Yeah, it was like there wasn't much to talk about until the very end, which is I know. Like, it was a, kind of a bummer. It was kind of a bummer episode. Wasn't my favorite. I know. It kind of like, it's it def- doesn't end on a high enough high note to like erase the sting of Corey's humiliation. Well, I think this is like a classic like thing of you remember an episode so differently in your mind and you go back and watch and you're like, oh, that was not what I remember this being at all. Yeah. This is one of those. You're like, oh, I... Just remember a very singular part of this episode. Exactly. And it's Miss, it's Miss You Want to Kiss You. <laughs> and that, and, their, and Raven's rap. And then everything in between is just... Those are like the two anchors of this episode. And everything in between is kind of muddled. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So what is the Disney Channel lesson we learned today? The Disney Channel lesson that I learned today is if you want to do something extravagant for your long-distance lover, make sure that it will fit in the mail. Yes, and my Disney Channel lesson is always have a boombox on handy. <laughs> so true. Because you never know when you might so need to wrap your true. feelings out. So true. All right, Becca, if people want to miss you and want to kiss you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hey it's Becca, H-E-Y-O. Uh, Becca's Records on TikTok, Becca Stogner on YouTube, or my other podcast, Youth Group Survivor Support Group, Y-G-S-S-G on the social media and if you want to follow me on any of the social medias i'm at real hunter martin on instagram h Cameron martin on twitter but most importantly if you want to keep up to date about anything and everything on this podcast i uh, just type in the time machine podcast on all the social medias you'll find us there rate and review us give us five stars on apple Podcasts, and if you leave us a review there we will read it off and shout you out the next time we record give us five stars on spotify if you're ever so kind and talk to us on all the social medias that's the one of the coolest things about this um tell us what you like tell us what you don't like tell us which one you hear and tell us what you don't want to hear because we want everyone to have so much fun listening to this as we have making it and join our patreon for more fun only three dollars a month all right well speaking of more fun um the valentine's fun specifically is over but we're keeping it up with the theme of hearts and love and little teen girly pop pop you can't help falling in love with the artist deep dive right. that we got coming to you next and we're week we're gonna be we're going to be bouncing off the ceiling. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But until next time, we will see you later, time travelers. Always buckle your seatbelts.